Welcome to today's episode of Tuesday's Tips in our podcast show. Today we have the privilege of sitting down with young entrepreneur Nico DeBrain. Nico has started a media company called Boundless Media and recently published a book called Raw Marketers, the 20 go-to principles that help you market like a marketer. So sit back, listen, and see how Nico gives his tips of the trade. Enjoy the show today. Hey guys, Dave Markowitz here, part of the Dave and Edda Real Estate team, and today's episode of Tuesday's Tips in our podcast show, and I'm really excited. We have a, a tremendous guest on our show today who's in marketing, and it's Nico DeBrand, and um, I'll talk a little bit about Nico right now. Um, so Nico's the, he started his own media company, pretty much. It's called Boundless Media. And after this, towards the end, you'll be able to get all the info of what he does. But uh, Nico's also a book writer, and he wrote a book last year called Raw Marketers, the 20 Go-To Principles to Help You Market Like a Marketer. So, and we can find that on Amazon and all that. So before I get into a little bit more about Nico, I just want to give a shout out to how Nico and I kind of connected. So we're both on LinkedIn, and uh, we're both followers of Adam Posner. Mm-hmm. And Adam Posner runs a tremendous podcast called The Podcast, P-O-Z. So if you guys get a chance, go check it out. I call him the hardest working guy in the podcast industry. The guy is Boy. always working and he's got great guests. So shout out to Adam. And um, so, Nico, let's just get into it. Thanks for being on the show today. I'm excited because I know you have some great little uh, insights in, in you know, sales and marketing. Oh, absolutely. And, and and again, big shout out to you for reaching out and taking the initiative. I think so many people, and we'll probably end up talking about this, uh, don't see social media as the way as uh, I, I feel you and I and Adam for sure see it. Uh, it's a it's a tool, right? It's just like a hammer. And uh, the hammer's right there for you to use. It's just, when are you going to use it and how are you going to use it? So, But you got to yeah. use it, correct? Oh, that, that number one thing is you got to use it. So. <laughs> So I want to, first of all, you were going to be a doctor. Does yes. anybody else in your family are doctors? Is that why you were inspired to be a doctor? Yeah. So I'll just take a you know quick step back to uh, go 10 steps forward. So uh, I am actually an immigrant from South Africa. So I moved here when I was 12 years old and the only people around me were doctors, right? So I was doctor, lawyer, failure. So I gravitated towards the people my parents hung out with who were doctors. Uh, my parents were accountants. So um not really too fun. And uh, I wanted something with adventure, right? And, and I thought medicine was it. Uh, that was the dream up until two years into college where I one day looked around and everyone's taking all these hard notes in class. And I'm not. And, you know, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say that I have any uh, problem with learning. I love learning. You can probably see a bookcase behind me, but I just could not get myself to care. And that's the worst. That's the worst when you're sitting in class and you're, you're passing, I'm getting B's and C's, but I'm just getting the information to pass the test. I'm not really learning anything. So yeah, that was, and you, uh, you were studying nutrition at that point. And mm-hmm. as your words say, you stumbled upon marketing <laughs> and I know you're a big, you're a big Seth Godin fan. Yes. And I think he inspired you to kind of gave you a little bug and kind of set you on your way to start searching and finding something that you were actually interested in. So Absolutely. that got uh, you was, on your way. 
It's uh, Seth Godin. Um, definitely uh, people like him, um, Les Brown, uh, Napoleon Hill, and then uh, especially also Gary Vee. So Seth Godin and Gary Vee were the two, two big people where I was like, wow, you can actually make a career telling other people's stories. And I was like, that was a completely foreign concept to me. I was, when I tell you I was all in in the medicine, I had no idea how my friends were going to make money from engineers, uh, being engineers. I was so set on medicine, medicine, medicine. So yeah, absolutely stumbled into the world of digital and, and, and marketing. Wow. Interesting. Um, I want to, you talk about one of your phrases that you can't win if you don't understand how the game works. Mm-hmm. Can you absolutely. delve into that and, and give us a little insight on what that means actually? Absolutely. So I was you know, just going to fast forward from that. I got all these little internships at law companies, logistics companies, artificial intelligence companies, and life is funny because all the tasks they kept giving me were these marketing tasks. So market research and, and uh, persona identification. And I'm starting to put all these things together. And eventually I start plateauing in the results I'm getting them as well as learning, right? I, I, you know, Instagram was changing so frequently. Facebook was changing. LinkedIn was changing. Every other day there's a new algorithm update. And I had to really like put, everything on paper and be like, what's actually going on? And that's where I stumbled on the uh, 20 uh, Pareto's principle, the 80, 20 rule where 20% of what you do accounts for 80% of the outcome. And your listeners have probably heard that before, but it was totally foreign to me. And I thought, okay, well, this is a proven concept in business in, you know, this customers that you have, why couldn't it be the same for marketing? And that's eventually what I got to understand was, okay, I don't need to understand Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook. I have to understand the principles that make people successful on the, on the platforms rather than the platforms themselves. Because if you get the foundations, right, the principles, and that's why I said 20 go-to principles was if you've got the principles, right, you'd be astounded with how far you can go because you've got the 20% that equals the 80% of the outcomes. So that being said, though, you, how did you develop all of it into thinking, oh, I'm going to write a book? I mean, to write a book, you have to really get your mindset. First of all, have you ever written a book before? I tried to, much like many other people. I, I sat down and started the intro and I got to page three and I was like, where am I going? This is out of my ballpark. Um, yeah, it's the, let's be real. So I tried to switch my major. We're going to be very honest with one another. I tried to switch from major in college and I would have to be in three more years if I wanted to get a bachelor's degree. Granted, I've already been in college at, at this point about three years. Wow. So I was like, and that's no um, Arizona state, correct? Arizona state. Yeah. Um, and thank goodness I didn't, I was really considering it. I was like, you know, it's like 60, 70, $80,000, but I, I think that's what I need. And along this time, and this is why it goes back to practice. I was starting to put out my message on LinkedIn and I happened to connect with a Georgetown professor who um, his name is Eric Custer and he's a fantastic professor in the, on the East coast. And he was starting out this program to help student authors write books. Now this was very enticing to me because he basically systematized out the book writing process. And it's funny because looking back at it, it's just like, going to the gym. If you just follow the directions that your coach gives you, you kind of sometimes get results. So that's, you know, I was putting out all my messages out on LinkedIn and he happened to see it. He was a third connection requested and we spoke and he said, Hey, what do you want to do? And I said, I'm, I'm at this crossroad. So 
but six months in uh, before I graduated. How old were you at that point? I had just turned 20 up in that point, 20, 21, no, 21. I was 21. Um, and Major yeah. life decision. Person <laughs> wants to be a doctor and all of a sudden at 20 decides, screw it, I'm doing something else. Well, that's, it was, that's major. It's, it, it is pretty big, but you know, it's a progression to get to that point. But I'll be honest with you, it was less of like, uh, like let's write a book because we want to be fancy. It's more like I need a job in six months because I'm graduating. What's going to get me there? Well, MBA takes two years. Mm-hmm. And you need to have an undergrad to get an MBA. So I said, well, books are a great way to do this. And I was already doing all this research on the principles of marketing, but I never found a book that was right for me. It was, I didn't find anything that was written for the non-marketer. It was always someone who had a baseline of understanding on what marketing was. It was never for anyone who was in medicine who wanted to get into marketing or logistics wanting to get into marketing. Right. So he uh, convinced me to take a shot with him. And, you know, nine months after that, I uh, had the book in my hand. Six months in, I used that as a tool to get me into my first job. And the rest is kind of history with that. So, How does Boundless Media intertwine now to all of that with your book? Tell me. Yeah, absolutely. So Boundless Media was a idea that I had um, after getting feedback from the book. So besides being subpar at writing. Um, somehow I was con- convincing people that, hey, listen, if you understand the basics of marketing, um, you can have tremendous things happen to you and your business. So we had people that start implementing the foundations, like I'm talking basic things, like understanding your customer segmentation, um, experimenting with different platforms, uh, spending time actually with their customers online. People start seeing something. However, it got to that point where working professionals and small business owners didn't have the capacity to scale. So readers would love it and be like, this is great. And now what? So that's where we started, uh, you know, just taking clients here and there, consulting. And then eventually people were like, hey, can you just do this for me? I was like, oh, sure. Um, I guess I got found a company and Boundless Media, the name purely came from the, from the premise of, I don't want people to think that there's a definite no stop. Yep, right. it's, it's, it's boundless. So um, Corona has changed some of our plans, but definitely it's, it's probably been the best decision I've ever undertaken is starting a media company. How, how has Corona changed your plans? That's a great uh, input on that, especially, I mean, now you're out of the house, like, you know, like I am, even mm-hmm. though I have, you know, this is my green screen, but, you know, we're all working remotely at this point. How, do you see clients more in tune to be more receptive to your ideas at this point because you know yeah so so i'll i'll, I'll tell you the the basic premise so we we primer i'll be honest there's a lot of great agencies out there and when i was finding my niche in the marketing space there were two big schools of thought there are the agencies that have you know service the top top you know major thousand five hundred you know first you know thousand companies five hundred companies uh, fortune five hundreds and there were these small agencies that were helping uh, people get started uh, or or granted scale when they were so small there was really no in between like there was no agency catering to the person or business that didn't necessarily have the money to hire that very first marketer or that very first agency right? There was solopreneurs, there were consultants, and there were small business owners who were doing everything by themselves. And there wasn't an 
agency that kind of stepped in and would help them until that very first hire or help them until they actually needed to, to bring in an agency to run their ads and stuff like that. So we found a nice little spot with that. And with that being said, uh, the first couple of customers we had were real estate, which is it's funny that we're bringing this up. Right. Um, uh, and, and in uh, the commercial food space, actually. So, so getting those clients and then COVID hit and real estate agents couldn't show their houses. Um, food production definitely took a, took a toll. So we lost with, and the nice thing is we had uh, mo- most of our clients on the, on the East coast. So we were prepared when it kind of made right, it. Cause you guys were lagging. Now you guys are hitting hard in Arizona. Absolutely. So we lost about 50% of our clients within a three week period in March. And wow. That's massive. Even for a small operation like us, you know, I, I still have staff members that are good. Take care of. Well, um, also slow down your momentum as a business. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a, that was a sucker punch for sure. Right. Um, there's no way, there's no way anyone could have known what was happening, but you know, after kind of picking up the pieces, uh, we decided, okay, I don't want to move into the fortune thousand list. I don't want to go up an even higher clientele. But there has to be solutions for clients that still want, there's still small businesses getting started today, which I love. There's still small businesses operationally. Because they're looking for advantages or mm-hmm. I should say looking for needs. What has changed during COVID? It's, a, it's an idea to, they can start anything at this point with mm-hmm. a basic idea. And the nice thing is since we do social media marketing, everyone's on social media. Like you've seen the influx of people to LinkedIn. Correct. And to Instagram and to Facebook. So that really played into our wheelhouse. But most customers could not afford the minimum of $1,500 price tag uh, retainer a month for us, right? To manage, consult, and create their content. So what I did was I went back to why did I write the book? It was to keep marketing simple. Simple for me. So why keep a service so kind of uh, to the very top, to the people who have money? Why not? make it cheap like what, what would happen if i just made a product that was very cheap so we uh we looked internally and scoured for uh, different mechanisms to enable that and we stumbled upon um this hybrid workbook course like structure so in the uh, the average person um who signs up for a course 100 percent of people who sign up about two to three percent actually make it to the very end with all the content that the creator Really? Yep. I was, I was, I was blown away. And I kept thinking, why is that? Why do, and these are people who have paid these like, and I'm a stat. like I've taken courses, gone through the first lesson and then something happened. Life happened. Right. Right. So I was like, how do we prevent that? How do we get a 20% success rate? How do we get a 30% success rate? And I kept thinking about what do I do when I study? I watch a video, I read a book and I take notes and I, Put the notes in a way that I can tangibly have a next step, next step, next step. So what we did was we made a course, but shrunk down the 20, 30 minutes down to five minutes max, and then had a workflow where if, you know, each question I went through in the video. So it's like, you need to know your customer segmentation because of X, Y, Z. Perfect. I've convinced you. I don't need to spend any more time convincing right. you. Right. Next step. Now, how do you, how do you do that? Well, you use Facebook insights to learn about them you use social media and hashtags to find out what they're talking about i I give you the tangible things i walk you through exactly how i do it right and then 
I have you fill it out. And at the very end, I'm going to give you every single thing that we discussed in a PDF so that you know, you, there's no question what your it's next a blueprint. step is. You gave exactly. him a blueprint. It's, That's it. And the reason, you know, the only thing differently I'm doing with this product than if I was consulting is you're not working with me. And now I'm able to do that at scale and offer email support. So if you have a question, you can still contact me or my team, but you don't have to spend the 50 to $70 an hour right. to get my time. So now, you scale as well. And it allows yep. you to pick up new clients and, you know, those other clients are there start to say, hey, this definitely works. Absolutely. And like I said, the, the person we're going after is the person's a go-getter, right? They, they, they want to know how they do this. They, they know that if they put a dollar in, they need to get a dollar 10 out, a dollar 50 out. Right. They want to make every single dollar work for them because that's how I am. And so the hardest of, thing is getting that person to the table too. Oh, that's, you know, right. and that's why I love social. That's, that's the reason because conversations like this happen. Like we did not know each other previous to our interactions online. Correct. We did. And now I'm on your podcast. And now if I happen, you know, we're going to talk afterwards, we're going to establish rapport. And Correct. if someone even remotely mentions something that I know that you're a pro at, I'm just going to send them to you. And vice versa. That, yeah. And that's how it works. And I think, and, and let me tell you about myself as well please, in terms please. of so, uh, social. I've done social for many years, but LinkedIn was something for me that I didn't really delve in until COVID started. And I said, you know what? I have all this time now. I'm going to really delve into LinkedIn. And I yeah. have to tell you that the connections that I've made over the last three months are solid connections. And, mm -hmm. you know, Facebook has their own thing. And, and I think Facebook, you know, people tell you, and excuse my French, they go tell you when they go wipe their ass. But, <laughs> but LinkedIn is really, you're becoming a really solid friendship, but business-wise, mm -hmm. I think the, the thinking along it, and I know you talk about, especially with LinkedIn, you like to delve into just not hitting a like, correct? We talk about delve into conversations, put comments and grow it. Is that, tell me a little bit about, about your feeling on that because I know you're yeah. very strong on that. Yeah, so my clients and, and this, and actually I would say not even my clients because I don't really take on clients if they think like this, but the metric I don't care about isn't a like. It's not an impression. It's not anything intangible. I know that people come to me for business results. How do I achieve business results? The only metric I care about is conversation. Whether that's a person seeing your post and reaching out to you via email, it's uh, whether it's direct messaging, whether it's commenting, whatever that is. If I can get you as a real estate agent to talk to someone that might be looking for a property or in the process of finding someone to help them look for a property, I've won. Correct. Because if I can establish rapport, because 99% of people are fantastic at what they do, what they love. But if I can get you talking to someone and you happen to strike up something, whether the deal happens now, tomorrow, or next year, who are they going to think about? It's the a long person. game, right? I mean, yeah, because everyone, and that's why I love organic, um, right. especially on LinkedIn, because you can still reach amazing amounts of people. But it's just work. It's like, work like it's, anything else. You're yep. building a relationship, but I think you're, I think there's an openness there in that LinkedIn process. And yep. again, goes back to if you think you're going to just connect with somebody and try to sell them something today, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and in fact, why would they? They need to know mm -hmm. who you are and really, you know, you have to be legit. I mean, it goes, it's yeah. like anything else, but it's the connection. Yeah. And just for context on your viewers, right? I've been posting every single day since October, 2018 on LinkedIn. Um, 
in how many times a day uh so so once a day one video a day until june of 2019 then we went to two posts a day and then september we went to three and by we i mean me because i'm i just now started getting people to help me a little bit more in that in october four in january 2025 so i post about five times a day just on linkedin about three four five times a day on tiktok once a day on quora facebook instagram uh seldom but that happens so i'm putting out at least at least about 10 pieces of content every single day and when you say content it's a variety of post video yeah video text primarily some audio some audio but um and again, we can get into tips and tricks how I scale that because the only reason I can come up here and say I post that much is because of a system that works and works for me. Uh, I remove the creative barrier. There's no guesswork on what I'm going to post. There's purely just implementation. And once you remove the creative barrier, I'll tell your listeners something. I think about content like I think about brushing my teeth. I know I'm going to brush my teeth twice a day. I don't think about brushing my teeth. I know that when I wake up, I'm going to go drink water and then I'm going to brush my teeth. But isn't content the hardest thing to come up with? Because that's where I, I, I've had, actually had this exact conversation with, with Adam Posner. Mm-hmm. We're sending back and forth. And that's one of the issues I have is I know we have to post, but I overthink everything to the creative portion. So, but you're saying it's like brushing your teeth, but you still have to find that information to post. So where are you getting it from? What's the, you know, where's that coming from? Yeah, and it's really hard to go to your bathroom, open up whatever it is that you keep your toothbrush and, and toothpaste in. If that if that screws too tight, you're not going to give up and not brush your teeth anymore. You're going to figure out a way to, to unscrew it and get the stuff out that you need. So this is how I remove it. I don't overthink any post. And I do this by using Q&A style of questioning. So I go to Quora.com every single morning and I answer a question. If it is what no mine are you know the algorithm has known that i talk about business and marketing so now it's out business and marketing things but on days i don't feel like answering those i find random questions about coffee because i love coffee so right? do i by the way you, as you oh, see I'm no, i see that <laughs> it is great um so whatever that is i'm going to answer a question because if i if if i told you to make me a video right now you your mind would go and overthink everything. Right. If I asked you to make a video about why you decided to have dogs instead of cats, instantly your brain was like, okay, well, that's a world of possibility is down to one thing. Why Great dogs point. over cats, right? Yeah. And based on that, that way of thinking, if you just find a question in somewhat of the niche, let's say real estate, for instance, right? Let's, let's talk about this. Let's make this very contextual. Why should I be buying a duplex instead of a condo now I, you might not agree with how i phrase that question if you say hey no you need a condo and this is why boom 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 but you want and this is a this, this again this is a, a book it's called talk trigger forgot who it's by get your like i'm writing that down yeah no it's a, it's a great book um let's see I'll find oh, it. Jay Bear. Jay Bear. Jay okay. Bear is a great marketer too. Um, I have all his books. He's fantastic. And that's where I stole the concept from is if I can get you or my client to answer a specific question, even if you don't answer the question, how I think you're going to answer it, but you going through the process, because let's say we answered that question about the duplex, right? Okay. And you said duplex. And then you're like, you know what? I was working with John and John bought this duplex 
And you know what? John loved the sinks. And you can just tell the story about John and his sinks. And, you know, from that, if you just don't stop yourself, you have probably six pieces of content. You have the duplex one, you know, John, who you work with, you you can elaborate further. Right. You have the sinks and, vi- yeah, and you have the so sinks, on. You know, why right. sinks, you know, why it's right. good to have valves, whatever that is. Right. Then you can turn that into, if you caption it, you can turn that into a caption video, boom, post it. Now you can take that caption and you can pull out everything, all the text, edit for grammar, and then put it in. That's a text-based post. You can pull out one sentence, add an emoji. That's another, te- that's another text post. You can put your favorite quote and put that on a graphic. That's another one, right? You can make a different video based on the caption and use the, cap- the captioning as a text with right. another video. Right. So even within that one example, we were able to do so much with it. But it all started by removing the creative barrier and focusing your brain. Because your brain's a supercomputer. Like if you pointed at something and your life depended on it, you're going to figure it out. Interesting. Um, you talk about uh, out of the 20 posts or 20 ideas in your book, there's one thing that really caught me and I wanted to delve in. What is the three E's of contact? And that's the letter E folks. So what does that mean? Give me a little yeah, scoop I, on that. I got this I've one. never heard that before. So I was like, what is that? That was probably one of my favorite interviews. And I should give Rachel Peterson a lot of credit. Uh, she's a fantastic marketer and she's blowing up on TikTok too now. So it's, uh, it's great to see her actually implemented. Because the three, once you remove the credit barrier, now I can say, okay, how do I, how do I structure this stuff? Right, so the example of what we had was, okay, the fun story with John, that's entertainment. We like learning about why as a real estate agent, you work with certain clients and love their stories. That's entertaining to us right? That's to get attention. Because once I get your attention, you can have the opportunity to know more about me. Because people think that if, if, if people, if people think if you see their post, you should inevitably become a customer. And that's not how it works. You have right. to line it up as a, as a funnel. So if I get, if I entertain you, you get to know me and I get your attention. Now, if we dig deeper, the next E is education. So once I have your attention, there's, you know, a lot of people, you don't always trust a lot of people, though. right? So if I educate you, if I show you my expertise, if I show you what I know, and I can do that in a concise manner, that's value add to you, you're going to like me, you're going to know who I am, and you're going to trust me. And the last E is engagement. Because if I know who you are, you know, Nico, he's talked about marketing before, and you want to work with him. You can go to this website and learn a lot more about him. But if he jumps on a call with you, if I jump on a call with you and I engage with you and we've done it through the comments and we've done it through the direct messages, then we start to actually build a relationship and rapport, which makes everything matter. Because so trust you, is there. Yeah. And, and because you got my attention. Right. So edu- you know, entertain me to get my attention, educate me to build trust and engage with me to contextualize the person that you're creating content for or that you're talking to. Interesting. Tell me what is this new social? You talk about new sh- new social. What's new social mean? Yeah, new social is once you realize that your decisions are being influenced a lot more about your friends and family online than you realize, you start to see the world a little bit differently. Your readers and your listeners 
might have heard me talk about Jay Barron and Talk Trigger. Throughout this conversation, they maybe start getting to know me a little bit more. Maybe they trust me. Maybe they could buy the book, right? They better buy the book. <laughs> I would buy my on, a, book. on Amazon, anyway. people. <laughs> Amazon. Oh uh, yes, yes. I uh, appreciate that, and it's ninety nine cents for a reason. Um, well, the the reason that you do this, right? The reason that you might even consider buying my book is that you you've heard me, and maybe you've gone to follow me online, and something something just moved you, right? In the old world, in the old world, you would have five six channels. And if you got an ad in there, you would have 30 to 50% of the U.S. population watching your ad. Since there wasn't that many options for people running ads, you would just go with that. You know, if Armor Hammer was running a commercial or if Pepsi was running a commercial, you might have brand loyalty to Coke. But if you see Pepsi enough, you're going to oh, I'll try it. Oh, I like them. I'll save right. them. So new social just says, listen, like social media isn't going away. The platforms might change. There might be a Facebooks or Vines of the world, but there also will always be something because we're not going away. Like the phone's here to stay. And that's why I tell clients, I, you know, I've been posting every single day on TikTok and for like four months now, and I only have 500, 600 followers. The reason I don't care is I'm learning how to communicate much more effectively into a whole new set of audience so that when the platform changes. I'm ready for the next thing. And my clients will be ready for the next thing. So new social just says, Hey, social media isn't going away. Your friends are going to be on it. Your coworkers are going to be on it. Your acquaintances and your family members are going to be on it. So if you're able to harness and put your message out there, you're going to, for a lot cheaper, be able to impact people's decision-making and purchasing. Right. Which ultimately gets you paid in some aspects. So Absolutely. Well, and here's the thing. People think that they should be posting five times a day, once a day, whatever that is. I mean, we all know that situation where you happen to be on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn and someone that you haven't talked to in forever posts something, or maybe they get a new job and you know it says, you know, congratulate them. And you say, Hey, I haven't talked to Bill in forever. Let me reach out to Bill. Was Bill gone? No, he just wasn't top of mind, but you saw that it reminded you of it. The platform did, right? And you made a offline decision on that. Got it. Um, it's been a really quick, uh, 30 minutes here as I'm looking. You should just keep it going. All right. Um, let me ask, let's, I just want to have people know where to find you as we, uh, as we end here. So tell us where can we all find you, your content, your book, everything. Absolutely. I, I say the first thing foremost, follow me on LinkedIn. I post there quite a bit. Um, it's Nico DeBrain um, on every platform. And then um, if you are more of a, you know, I want to talk to him face to face. It's Nico at getboundlessmedia.com. Uh, my company's name is Get Boundless Media. That's the URL at least. Okay. Because Boundless Media was like $20,000. I don't have that cash to blow right now. Um, yeah. And just come say hi, you know, Amazon, we're all marketers. Um, like I said, I have a ton of free resources on my LinkedIn and my website. Um, if you're interested in products and, and want to take your social media to the next step, that's where I would recommend people or just watch my free content and you know, you'll, you'll and read the you're, book. You're always, you're always providing value, which is great. Oh, you working on any uh, new books coming up at this point that you yes. want to talk about? They, they say after you write your first book, give it a 
couple of weeks or months and you'll get the itch. And I was like, no, this is painful. This sucks. It's a lot of money. And then about three or four days after, I was like, I, I should probably think about this. So I'm actually starting a new book called um, We're All Influencers, oh. where I'm in, uh, we're interviewing people who are business influencers. They um, specifically have uh, proven that they have can build a personal brand and build their company's brand online. Uh, they've been able to sustain that growth and they've been able to influence their audience to make specific things. So whether it's, you know, we're interviewing someone who rescues dogs, right? Uh, that's their whole platform. And the influence there is don't buy puppy mill puppies, buy shelter puppies, right? That's, you know, that's real. Like, world a, like rescue puppies, correct? Exactly. Got exactly. It. Someone else, like we, uh, we had another awesome LinkedIn creator, Mayin uh, or Mayan um, on, and she has a glass blowing company, right? She's using this, LinkedIn world and TikTok world to drive real business results for her uh, business. So that's what we're focusing on. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, different notions about what an influencer is. And we just believe that influencers are people who have been able to gain, grow and sustain and ultimately influence their audience. So uh, a huge learning for me too. That's why, that's what I like about the books. It's like a thesis that you get to put on paper that actually has real, uh, real like world results like it becomes part actually part of your legacy in, in the long run so oh yeah it's and it's fun and you know if anyone thinking about writing a book best thing is just kind of start just find a book writing. you like and uh well here's the biggest tip and um, i apologize for running over but uh i had a complete different notion about writing books before i started find a book you like rip off the way it flows if it put you know the author put a a quote there put a quote there if they put a paragraph there a story there put it there my book is based on tim ferris's uh, tools of titans and oh, well wow. it's a, it's a big book i love tim he's great oh, yeah. yeah i would love to interview him but um i just ripped off his flow and i put everything there and then pay someone to have them kind of clean it up but just put everything on paper again outline everything yeah. and then write the introduction and then write the conclusion. All right. Well, you're on your yeah. way, buddy. <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show today. Uh, you know, super great information and um, we definitely will be in touch and guys, you know, follow Nico. He knows his stuff and uh, he's got a lot of value to add. So um, just, you know, go to the site, check them out and, um, you know, make sure to engage with both of us, right? Like it's, it's oh, yes, absolutely. Or... Oh, you guys can always engage with me, but you know, we both have gray hair, so you know. It's, oh. it's, it's all, I, 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 I got I, my I COVID, my COVID haircut this week. Oh, you know so, what? I, I, it's all about the fade. It's all fade on. Right. The, I don't uh, want to show you the back, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to see. Yeah. Awesome. Right, Thanks for listening. You've been awesome. Thanks so much for being on the show, and um, guys, thanks again for for watching and supporting us, and uh, we will see you next time. So take care. Bye, guys. Hey everybody, Dave Markowitz here. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast of Tuesday's Tips. Ned and I understand that you have many options to listen to, and we really appreciate you taking the time today. So if you can, just go ahead and share it with people you know. And again, thanks so much for taking the time.